It's ridiculous. They make excuses for what's completely inexcusable. They give us answers to questions nobody's fucking asking. The only answer to this shit is accountability, actual accountability. And in this case, for the first time I can ever remember, I've actually seen some of it from other cops. Sheriffs in Houston, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, all came out publicly, strongly denouncing the actions of the cops in this case. And buddy, when you have multiple Southern sheriffs saying to you, hey, maybe go a little easier on the blacks, y'all. You have fucked up. What the hell is that? Yes, my name is Brian. What would you say you do here? Stone on air. I'm so happy I could die. I'm so happy I could die right now. I'm so happy since you left me. It always seems to be a little disrespectful to talk about flippantly dying from both of the two opens I've used for this show. So I'm not going to change the open. I'm not going to change everything upside down, but I won't be flippant on the front end of today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast, available in weekly installments, usually Wednesdays. Today we are uh, on schedule and on the first Wednesday of June. It is June 3rd, 2020, the dumbest, weirdest, most awful year I can remember in quite some time. Is it the worst year ever? Not sure about that, but it's certainly in uh, recent memory totally sucks, and I don't think there's many people that are going to disagree with that. My name is Brian Stone. If you're here for the first time ever, I find that probably unlikely, but uh, if so, nice to have you at Stone On Air on all social media and stoneonair at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me for any reason. Today I'm going to do things um, not differently necessarily, but I'm going to... I've been going back and forth. It's, it's one of those situations for the last week where every minute, every hour, every you know half portion of the day, I run into something like, boom, that's that's podcast material for, for the next show. Boom, that's pot. I could do a five-hour podcast on the last week, and uh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to stick to the just under an hour, hopefully closer to 45 to 55-ish minutes, and I'm going to do things a little differently than I originally planned because it quite literally is, it seems like every hour there's a new emotion. There's a new there's a new something out there that gets me in a different direction. I'm going to start off this show very light and easy and breezy and then spend the last two-thirds of it focusing on the protesting, the looting, the rioting, and the unrest in this country. I don't want to do it. I'm not happy about it. But that's the only thing there is to talk about right now, except for things that are related to this show in particular and my regular listeners. I want to hit on a couple of things before I get to the serious nature. So this is going to be a little bit of cut up here in the first segment. And you know what? Damn it. I kind of just want to. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally exhausted on so many levels, things in my personal life, but far more outweighing that things in that are on all our minds, the, the tension that we're all feeling. So I'm just going to kind of be easy breezy to get things started. All right. Uh, I am going to uh, take a break from talking about television that I'm watching. I think that has run its course as far as an entertainment 
uh, portion of this show, so I won't talk about any TV show uh, watching right now. Um, and it has been remarkable how many notes to self that I have written to myself I'll get to here in just a minute. Then I will lay out the last two-thirds of the show and um, bounce around with a lot of audio here in this first segment. I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully you're in the mood to have a little bit of fun, and then we'll uh, take that deep dive into uh, locally, nationally, and regionally the, um, the unrest that we're all having to, um, to have to, to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I am thinking about starting a segment called, or not a segment, but a portion of the open called, uh, what, what do they say online, the trendy thing? It's, um, I was today years old. So I'm now doing the, the coolest thing, the worst idea, and I think I'm going to throw in there the trifecta of, I was today years old when I realized blank and maybe just make that a part of the show going forward just for a little while until maybe it runs its course. And today, if I was doing that segment, it would be on the city of Jacksonville, Florida. Yes, I heard a a little trivia contest on the Atlanta radio station I listened to more on that station and that show here in a couple of minutes. But they uh, one of the question was, this city in Florida is the largest city ever city area-wise in the contiguous United States of America, meaning the 48 to touch. And I was thinking, huh, well, I guess it's got to be Miami, right? No, the answer was Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida is the largest city area-wise, you know, square mileage than any other city in the country. I was today years old. When I found that out, I heard the answer. I thought, okay, I surely heard that question wrong. What, where, did I, where did I go wrong on that question? I went back and listened again. No. So I pulled it up. Jacksonville is the most populous city. I didn't know that either. That doesn't surprise me, but I didn't know that. Well, that surprised me a little bit. That, again, it's not Miami, but most populous city in Florida, as well as the southeastern United States, and the largest city by area in the contiguous United States. As of 2019, Jacksonville's population was just under a million the Jacksonville metropolitan area has a population of one and a half million and is the fourth largest metropolitan area in Florida. So people, it's nowhere near, but overall square mileage, it is. I was today years old when I found that out. Scrolling through notes to self on my phone. This is all just, it's it's June 3rd. Uh, worst idea, Tyson on Twitter, screenshot Minnesota kneeling, FU, CNN, audio video saved on Facebook, uh, meme, scream, shot, make a full point segment, a full segment, I should say, Rosanna, Facebook feed live, liked on Twitter, Sarah, whoever liked on Twitter, Kevin Hart video saved on Facebook, Melody, uh, Melody Shikari, uh, local uh, Instagram post, uh, David Bartow post screenshotted. George Floyd's brother liked on Twitter. Jeff Fred the Show, 233 in. Camp House Pod, six minutes. I mean, it's just nonstop. Every, it feels like minute of the day I'm running into something like, oh, that's going to be good. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that too. And then eventually you just can't do everything. So let's take a look at the uh, two-thirds back into the show. The final segment, I have audio from Killer Mike. He is one of the uh, members of Run the Jewels, one of two anyway. Big black guy out of... Um, Atlanta, and then a white dude that is his partner. They're primarily, I guess, hip-hop and rap. I don't know. I'm pretty ignorant to it. I have a little small anecdotal story as to how I found out who they were. And then he had some pretty 
strong and um and I hope meaningful and uh and poignant for sure words for you know the, the people that who identify with him most in Atlanta after last week's looting and riots. That'll be the final segment of the show. And then the second segment of the show, going to focus locally here on a lot of audio I captured from people's Facebook uh, lives and Instagram lives and news footage and uh, put together a little montage, uh, about a four and a half minute song. And uh, we'll do that in the second segment of the show. But on the front end here, again, going to be completely fluffed out here and do nothing of a serious nature because I, I just want to. I just as, as honest as I can be, I just want to. So, today, I uh, was listening to my regular radio show in Atlanta that I do every single day. It is like, it's a necessity. I can't get through the day without having the show. And when they're on vacation or it's, it's the, somebody's not there, it kind of leaves a void in my day. And as a regular radio guy, I've been emailing, tweeting, uh, writing at times, maybe even 20 years ago, into shows hoping, faxing for sure, that the host would read my comment. And many times over the years, I've been able to do this. I've had Jim Rome read a uh, an email of mine before. Dan Patrick has read an email of mine. And the reason those things are implanted is because the listener really gets major gratification out of that and wants to come back and listen more. Anything that involves listener interaction is good for the listener unless you put in too many calls or sometimes calls at all for that matter. That screws up a radio show all the way. But they do this thing. This is where I got the idea where I do the coolest thing and the worst idea. They do today's worst idea. It's different than the way I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hands in the ear. I ripped the idea off. I totally did. And then I added the coolest thing. And now I think I'm going to add the uh, what did I call it? The I was today years old thing. But today's worst idea was what was your first concert? And then they just solicit social media interaction. Well, the thing was, is they have, I also get this, I steal it from them, a show sheet, they call it. And they email it out to everybody involved with the show every day. And one of them, Chuck, the co-host, the gag is he never looks at it or looks at it late or just kind of skims it and doesn't pay attention to it. I don't know if it's true or not. It might be hyperbole. I'm not sure. But so the uh, gag today was, that the word concert was spelled wrong, and it was spelled concern. And this is the opening of the show today. Get ready for Chuck and Chernoff's Worst Idea. So your worst idea answers will come to the Ameripress. Fresh off the press Twitter feed. You can go to Ameripress.biz for more. Um, we want to know your first concern. Who? No, no, no concert. And where? I suppose, suppose concert. Let's sit right here. First concern. Yeah, I saw that. I was pretty... So my first concern, uh, I need a bottle. Warming. Yeah. The Challenger blowing up in 1986, is that what you want me to say? Uh, I'm either tired, hungry, or need a diaper change. Now, you saw this before the show. Why wouldn't you make it known that it was written incorrectly? Okay, so then they spend some time about how, oh, hey, Chuck never looks at the uh, at the show sheet. And so I don't always participate via Twitter, but sometimes do. And today I sent a tweet to them that said, hold on, let me pull it up here real quick. Okay, it says, first concert, Gin Blossoms, Cracker, and Spin Doctors at Lakewood 94. First concern, <laughs> HIV, playing into where I knew where this was headed. So coming back to break, here's what uh, Chuck and Chernoff had to say about my tweet. Every weeknight on Atlanta's 28-year home for sports. 
the fan. Thanks for making Chuck and Chernoff part of your day on this Tuesday. Live on the fan and 680 The Fan's YouTube channel. What else could you possibly want? Okay, what, what I want, can we clarify today's worst idea? We have somebody <laughs> uh, tweeted, first concert, Jim Blossoms, Lakewood 94, first concern, HIV. Can we say <laughs> that it's just the concert? That's fine. If you want, I just, I have no problem kind of going with a with a dual worst idea. You yes. saw this band and you, you know, you're worried about world hunger. It's fine too. You yes, can do that. they read my tweet. I was so... So happy about that. So that added in to today's coolest thing or worst idea, however you want to look at it. So we will go to what is officially today's coolest thing. So the other day, I decided to finally take a look at TikTok, right? The app that all the kids do. It's a lip syncing app and just thinking, what a bunch of nonsense this is. And um, I started looking at it and it, it was mildly entertaining for a little while uh you know note to parents out there it's not good for your young children it's just not it's completely unfiltered um i once upon a time said that about twitter because twitter is completely unfiltered instagram and facebook does have a little bit of a pg-13 rating on it um but twitter does not but kids don't care about twitter and TikTok sure as hell doesn't. So just so you know, uh, I don't care anymore. You know, the world's burning down around me. And uh, good luck to everybody who has children. But um, so this was when I stumbled on just scrolling through. And she has like, a, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of followers. So she's not a celebrity, but she's certainly more influential than anybody I know is. And this is a joke. It's very short, only about 30 seconds. And I lost it. I laughed my ass off at it. So just so you know, there is a visual component, but you don't need it because I'm going to tell you what it is. She's standing at the kitchen table or the kitchen you know, countertop with what appears to be her father. She's in her mid-20s. He's in his you know mid-50s. And she's throwing down pennies, just one penny and then says something. Throws down another penny, says something else, until she gets to five pennies. So that's the only visual that you're missing. Just keep that in mind and listen to this 30 second clip. You might not find it as funny as I do because uh, I'm kind of silly at times and sometimes something just grabs me and I can't get enough of it. Or maybe it is that good. I don't know. This is today's coolest thing. Okay. Do you smell anything? You should. It's a scent. Do you? <laughs> do you see a fruit? No. You should. It's a pear. Do you see a snake? No. You should. It's three copperheads. You're an ass. <laughs> Do you see any cars? No. You should. It's four Lincolns. Do you see any pussy? <laughs> no. Not for five cents, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it so many times now that it doesn't get me as much. But at first, I was dying laughing after <laughs> watching that two or three or four times. Um, should you be on TikTok? I'm not going to make an argument that you should. But when I went down that road, I thought that that was pretty funny. And one more thing here on our way out, this uh, first open segment before we tighten things up and uh, get things more serious for the last two-thirds of the show, this will kind of lead us into that. It is today's Worst idea it comes from a group out Midwestern state somewhere, might be Texas, who knows, somewhere out there, that call themselves Cowboys for Trump, and the asshole president, Don Trump, 
retweeted this video earlier this week or the end of last week or at some point. <sighs> I've got a couple of different clips here. It's the worst idea. Where I've come to the conclusion that the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. I don't say that in the physical sense, and I can already see the videos getting edited where it says, I want to go murder Democrats. No. I say that in the political sense because the Democrat agenda and policy is anti-American right now. It's where our country's not coming to a place if you love or hate Donald Trump. Our country's coming to a place if you love or hate America. I say the reason why I don't get Democrats a dead Democrat, I'm saying it politically speaking, and I'm saying it because we need to have the majorities in the House and the Senate. Okay, so his main point is that getting the majority of Congress and the White House is a very important thing. And the best way to articulate that is to say this. Where I've come to the conclusion that the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. And the President of the United States retweeted that, giving it, it somewhat, anyway, at least a semblance of an endorsement. And then he has the audacity the uh, this redneck ass out and wherever for Cowboys for Trump to say this. I don't say that in the physical sense, and I can already see the videos getting edited where it says I want to go murder Democrats. No, I say that in the political sense. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, God. I thought you meant actually kill them. Oh, geez. Wow. What an what an amazing way to put that. The only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. And, oh, 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 I don't mean that for real. I just mean that, like, oh, and how can you believe that somebody's going to take this the wrong way? Oh, what a bunch of pussies. Like, uh, all right. Ugh. And, uh, okay. That's where we're at. All right. So now my happy-go-lucky, happy-joy-joy-fun portion of the show is over. Let's go lying down in the weeds for the rest of the show. Protests all over the country, you already know that. Rioting, looting, looting for portions of the country, certainly not all of it. And uh, protesting, which for some reason is becoming something that is not allowed in some people's minds. And uh, the overall overreaction to everything in life. I will get to that from primarily a local viewpoint coming up next on the Stone On Air podcast. Stone On Air will be right back. Oh, darling, what juicy Hey guys, we're back here on the corner of Tremont and Fraser on the North Shore down by Coolidge Park. And we are right at the intersection here where the, the police have, have cleared out as best as they can and, and has gotten protesters and the, the constituents on the sidewalk. We even have Chattanooga Police Chief Roddy down here patrolling the area as well as, and we have cars lined up all the way to the Veterans Bridge as they're trying to peacefully disperse and, and let these protesters who are still at the moment peacefully protesting to get them out of the intersection, get them on the sidewalk to ensure that they're safe. As far as we can see, tensions seem to have decreased a little bit from what we saw about an hour ago. Um, we're hoping it stays that way. I'm trying to get an idea from Chattanooga police regarding a game plan, what their plan is to keep this a peaceful and safe protest, but we're going to continue to follow this as long as it lasts. Something's happening Another, I was today years old when I found out that Ozzy Osbourne covered, for what it's worth, Buffalo Springfield's classic. 
Used to love Ozzy, man. The No More Tears record in the early 90s. God, that was good stuff. Osmosis after that. Wasn't a big fan of the 80s stuff. I'm okay with Black Sabbath. I mean, I like it as much as anybody who likes rock and roll. But it was it was that Zach Wilde guitar in those early 90s and the mid-90s. It was so good. And then he just turned into a stupid reality star and became a caricature of himself. This was posted on Facebook the other day by a friend of mine, Brett Nolan, who runs a Soundry recording studio. Uh, Lots and lots and lots of flooded Facebook and uh, primarily Facebook with Twitter and Instagram posts. This one I liked and I grabbed and I printed off. Smoke is a collection of unburned particles. Each particle is too small to see alone. But when they come together, it's seen as smoke. Without fire... There is no smoke, and we're hoping you get the signal. This is genuine outrage over the treatment of black African-American human lives that have been ignored, diminished, and mocked by folks trying to tie its protest to a lack of patriotism, in parentheses, which is disgusting and un-American in itself. To the sad and endangered species who share those I stand for our flag, quote-unquote, memes out of pure tribal ignorance while not being aware of, denying, or minimizing the reasons the protest conversation was even happening to begin with. You you can go ahead and take partial blame for all of this. What the fuck did you expect to happen? So I had to get away from social media for the most part because I was just having enough of it. And um, it's, I mean, I I, want to just turn it off, right? I just want to grab the remote control for the television set and I just want to turn it off. And I want to put my phone down even though I'm addicted to it as much as everybody else is. And I just want to hit power off. I want to turn the computer screen. I want to minimize. I want to turn it off because the polarization is at just an absolute uh, insanely uh, high level right now. I'm not even trying to look at who's right. I'm not even trying to figure out who's wrong. I just want to close my eyes like a little kid, like a child, and just put my hands on my ear. No, 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 I can't hear. I can't hear anything. That's what I want to do, and that's not what we should do. That's not what we're supposed to do. We have an obligation to take anything that's going on in our country uh, that affects human lives seriously, especially something like this. Um, I just thought of this real quick before I play any audio. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Hopefully I don't have to stop the show to make sure I don't train wreck it here. But I was looking at uh, a meme the other day, and I... If you're here regularly, you know I hate the idea that a meme becomes some kind of fodder, some kind of, you know, I'm trying to make a point via a meme, and I'm not finding it quickly, so I'm going to stop real quick and go find it and then make my point. Okay, I am back. That is proof that anytime someone's trying to have a conversation with you and look at their phone at the same time or do a radio show or a podcast and look at the phone at the same time, 
it's not possible to have two trains of thought going at that same time. So my point was is that using memes to make a point, generally speaking, is a bad idea. But I really, really identified with this when I saw it. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It is seven pictures with captions on it. And the top one is a bunch of uh, riot gear, uh, police officers or, or law enforcement, and then rioters in a car on fire. And it says, why can't you protest peacefully? And then the next one is like a parade of people with a sign in front of it that says Black Lives Matter. Well, no, 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 not like that. And then the next one is NFL players on a knee on a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. No, no, well, no, 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 don't do it like that. The next is LeBron James at a press conference after a game says, well, no, not like that either. Then the next is an African-American woman accepting an award that looks like it might be the Oscars. I don't recognize her. It says, well, no, don't do that. The next is Kobe Bryant and his teammates behind him at a shoot-around warm-up before an NBA game wearing shirts that say, I can't breathe. And it says, well, no, not, not like that. The next is an old woman, old African-American woman with a sign that says, hands up, don't shoot. Hashtag justice for Mike Brown. And it says, well, no, not like that either. And that I can identify with. Why can't you do this peacefully? Hey, assholes, they've been doing it peacefully. We, us, the collective royal we, everybody here has been doing it peacefully. And the certain types, be it MAGA types or whoever else, there's a certain population of this country that just will not accept anything other than what they find acceptable. And there is no winning. There is no winning with these people. Call them white privilege types if you'd like. Call them southern rednecks. Call them midwestern rednecks. Call them northern yonkers. Call them whatever you want. The struggle is real. No matter what struggle it is that you, me, them, and all of us are having to deal with, but there's a large percentage of the population of this country that don't have to deal with the systemic uh, nature of of the struggle is real, and I'll leave it at that. I was listening to Jeff Styles on Nuga Radio 92.7 on Tuesday morning because I produced a piece for them uh, that included lots of audio from right here in town, all local from the protest, and I will be playing that piece here at the end of this segment in about five minutes or so. And I heard him talking about our Mayor Andy Burke. I've never been a fan of this guy, or at least I guess I was on the on the front end, but it didn't take long for me to realize the guy is uh, he's pretty much worthless and a career politician moving on to his next thing, luckily. And here's what Jeff had to say about Andy Burke this morning. I called out Mayor Burke earlier this morning. For those who were not listening, Mayor Burke, come out of your house. Your city is in trouble. It's in real, real trouble Get out of your damn house and come out and lead your city because you're supposed to be the city's leader. Please. Please. It's time. It is time. It is It is past time for you to take a leadership role. I don't think you'll see him come out. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely I ridiculous. I wish he would come out. But, I mean, the, 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 I'm not going to go off, you know, Calvin Sneed on you here. But uh, there have been some really remarkable scenes of love and forgiveness and reaching out, started off this morning talking about, you know, Captain Sergeant Jerry, Sergeant Sutton. Jerry Sutton, you know, yeah. taking the knee and kneeling and our own chief and all across the country, 
officers and people in blue marching with the protesters. And that's exactly what needs to happen. People need to have, if you do not have some solidarity and empathy for the people that are out there in the streets, I, I, I can't see where you're coming from. Uh, later on that afternoon, meaning yesterday, Andy Burke did finally release a statement. It was barely two paragraphs, and I don't have it because I'm not going to even give it uh, any attention whatsoever because I don't care what our current mayor has to say. Our potential uh, next mayor had plenty to say, which I'll read here in just a second. And uh, one more comment I found from Twitter before I get to the produced piece I made for both this podcast and Jeff Styles' show. But as I like to normally do uh, if, every time I get the chance to add anecdotal um, notes and notables to any topic, especially talking about local issues. Saturday night, I was at a friend's house in North Chattanooga, and I knew that there was some unrest in the country in some of the bigger cities for sure, but I did not see where this was all going. Part of that is, as I have disconnected from the mainstream news outlets, not because I think they're irresponsible or awful or terrible or anything like that. I just can't take it anymore. Um, I still keep an eye on Twitter and I still look at Reddit here and there. And I, you know, I jump into Facebook every day, but I don't use Facebook in any kind of uh, barometer of the situation. I didn't see it coming. And we're sitting around just having some drinks, very loose, very easy, breezy kind of evening. And um, next thing I know, I'm hearing people in the room who are getting some kind of alerts, some kind of notifications. And it was quickly, I mean, just diving into the shallow end head first. There's riots in Chattanooga. They're rioting. Oh, no, I'm, they're, they're rioting. And, of course, that's not what was happening. And this is a common overreaction by the most intellectual, most incredibly, wonderfully perfect people. This happens all the time, and it is quite frustrating. I was already planning on taking it to the house shortly after that. We were just down the road from Tremont quite literally walking distance, a little bit of a walk, but certainly a quick drive down. And I thought, okay, well, I'm probably going to be stuck here, even though I know plenty of back roads to get out of here. And as I'm leaving, I thought, you know what? F this. I'm going to go down here and take a look at this for myself. You know, if, if, if the first words out of many people's mouths are going to be, oh, there's riots in Chattanooga. Well, I'm going to go take a look for myself. And I walked around a small portion of the area of Tremont, that was closed, uh, Frazier, all the way to the Vets um, Bridge, Coolidge Park, closed off. Lots of people. Not a lot of tension on that night. Not a lot of tension at all. And overall, thought, okay, this is an amendment, guys. Hey, guns are amendments, and you know, free speech is an amendment, and whatever the hell the rest of them are. We're, I, I thought we were all Americans here, right? We all. We're supposed to be on the same team, right? This is an amendment. It's and not only is it the amendment, it ain't the second, it's the first. Okay? It's the very first one. Does that mean it's the most important? I don't know. Argue with yourself about that. But it's the first. So that's what I saw on Saturday. And just like anything else, especially over the course of the, the three or four day stretch, 
it turns more and more, let's push our luck more and more, and then you have actors, and then you have people that come in who have nothing to do with any kind of real protest, who I read several accounts of and heard plenty of radio reports from uh, people I trust in Atlanta, that people were coming into town to do damage in Atlanta, then hit 75 all the way up, four hours up to Nashville, and did the same thing on Saturday night in Nashville, and just looted and created problems. And 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 created uh, cr- and committed crimes, right? And so then this turns into all oh, these 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 sobs and oh what a bunch of bleepity bleep. All right, okay, enough. Everybody simmer down, settle down. Let's get it to a slow simmer, can we, please? And um, that's what happened here on Saturday. It was very calm. By Sunday, it was a little more raucous. By Monday, a mixture of the two, and by Tuesday, it was gone. And in three weeks, nobody's going to talk about this anymore. And you know that's true. From our potential next mayor, who at least I hope will be our next mayor, Tim Kelly, he released this on Tuesday. Like many of you, I am sickened and angered as I watch yet another black man killed by the excessive use of force by a police officer in Minneapolis. His name is George. We all know that. Here at home, I am also grateful for Chief David Roddy's leadership by clearly stating that those who condone such violence have no business in being in law enforcement He's drawn a bright light for our police force and set an example for the rest of America. And I'm proud of Chattanooga, where we have managed to conduct mostly peaceful protests without the rampant violence we've witnessed elsewhere. And I pray that continues to be the case. Mostly it was, but not completely. It's difficult, excuse me, it's often difficult for traditional politicians in a moment of tension to simply listen. But as a white man, a business owner, and someone asking for the privilege to lead this city, I have a lot more to learn by opening my ears and my mouth. Listening is a big part of my leadership style, and I will be doing even more of that now. Like so many others, it makes me sick to realize that we should have been listening closer long before today. Over the next several months of this campaign, and with your help over the course of my administration, I will be spending time focusing on how to lead a city committed to equitable, responsible, and ethical outcomes with police department with the police department that reflects those values. For decades, black voices in Chattanooga have been ignored and vulnerable communities have been neglected. So healing these wounds won't happen overnight. My administration, however, will continue to work to resolve those shortcomings and bridging our divisions. We get to decide our common future together, but that requires transparency, accountability, and dialogue. I'm committed to all those things. My social media and inbox are open to your thoughts and ideas this conversation is critically important for our city's future. Let's start now. That's more leadership than our asshole mayor has done all year long. This is the four and a half minute piece I put together for social media, for Jeff Styles' show on Nuga Radio, and for this podcast. His name is Andy White. The song is very fine people and all the audio you hear on top of it is from facebook live and instagram live that i captured over the course of the last three or four days on the stone on air podcast if the united states president say if you lose we shoot very fine people as far as we can see tensions seem to have decreased a little bit from what we saw about an hour ago Um, We're hoping it stays that way. I'm trying to get an idea from Chattanooga police regarding a game plan, what their plan is to keep this a peaceful and safe protest, but we're going to continue to follow this as long as it lasts. No justice, no peace. 
Frazier is closed off and we've been speaking with Chattanooga police for a couple of minutes to give you an idea of kind of what their game plan is. They originally wanted us to hold back but now they're telling us we can move a little bit closer and but as you can see it's still a very active scene. There's still a lot of people around. Oh my goodness. Another firework? Oh god. Another tear gas grenade. You gotta go! Go, go, go! Back up, back up! It's very fine people. There's a lot of leftover gas here, you can see it. Uh it definitely hurts the eyes. It's very fine moment where uh, Captain Jerry Sutton, she took a knee with protesters down by Miller Park and it had the crowd stunned and very appreciative of doing that. And I spoke with her afterwards and she tells me that she felt called to do that. She wanted to do that. She wanted to show that she has the community support. She supports them and she wants to stand up for them. Captain, you're just now joining us. The protesters started at Miller Park. They've been marching throughout downtown. We saw they went through South Side. Now they're here on the North Side toward uh, the Market Street Bridge, about to head up to the uh, Walking Street Bridge, from what I've been told now, actually. We matter. Y'all see us out here. We matter. And we'll be back. And we'll be back. And we'll be back. Very intense moment right there between a uh, protester and the uh, line of Chenick police officers. If you just heard that, he is a British musician named Andy White. I have found very few people who have heard of him, and he doesn't have a very even large footprint online. I was turned on to him by a good friend of mine. You got to go, very fine people. You got to know, very fine people. There are a lot of very fine people. You got to get caught. 
by very fine people. They got a gun, those very fine people. They want to kill your son, those very fine people. There's no peace and love for those very fine people. Only hate and war for those very fine people. And it goes on and on and on. You simply got to go, those very fine people. We don't want to know those very fine people. And it was written after the um, uh, Charlottesville situation. And it's it's a perfect example or representation of misunderstanding and overreaction regardless of which angle you're coming from. Now, the song is, I guess, pretty open to interpretation as most are, but to me, that's the way it reads. A misunderstanding and um, overreaction to virtually everything, no matter what it is, in the public eye. His name is Killer Mike. He's one part of the duo Run the Jewels. It wasn't that long ago I never even heard of him. Still think the music sucks, but I really liked where he came from as he was trying to help Atlanta stop tearing the city down. I'll get to that audio as we close out the show coming up next. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. I want you to talk to 10 of your friends. I want you guys to come up with real solutions. I would like for the Atlanta City Police Department to bring back the Community Review Board, one that Alice Johnson was formerly under, under Chief Turner. We need to get ahead of it before an officer does some stupid shit. We need to get ahead of it. That's my recommendation to my mayor and my chief. Let's get a review board, let's get ahead of it, and let's give them power. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips, I am sick, I will punch your baby dick. All right, so I hadn't heard this song until today. It's the most listened to song on Run the Jewels, Spotify, 51 million listens. The first line is, Picture this, a bag of dicks on your lips or something like that. I'm not certain I would have done this segment had I heard that song before, but since the groundwork had already been laid, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. We'll listen to some more of this trash here for a minute. Hey, you want to hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Huh? I mean, I'm being old white guy right now. It's also late on a Tuesday night. It's going on midnight and I'm cranky. Shocking news that people that listen to this music have trouble in life, right? Sorry, again. I'm being ornery at this point. So I'll just turn that down and stop dealing with it. Um, I heard this last week and... He's an Atlanta guy. I don't know his real name. He goes by Killer Mike. Again, incredible name, right? And it's a band called Run the Jewels. It's a white guy. It's a black guy. The black dude is Killer Mike, big fat dude from um, Atlanta. And the only anecdotal story I have about him is a few years ago at Bonnaroo, I uh, had run into some friends that lucked their way into guest camping, which is a uh, kind of a, a combined camping area with media and then like minor musicians and, you know, quote-unquote stars, like Corey, uh, not Haim, he's dead. Corey Feldman. No, no, Corey Feldman's dead. Corey, whichever one of the Corys, he was in a uh, camper just like 100 feet from us several years ago. So this is an area right back behind stage. And I was talking to them that uh, they I need to ch- give them a, a tour of the media area because at any point, anybody could be in the media area. 
And some people don't, are not impressed by this. To me, it's like Disneyland, right? It's like it's like Epcot or <laughs> Disney World. It's like my favorite place to be. And some people don't appreciate that at all, and some do. And this friend of mine and his brother did appreciate that. I said, hey, come with me, because they could just walk to the venue, but I had more access. So I was like, come with me. I know the people at the you know, over the media area pretty well. I've been doing this since 2005. And um, if it's not busy and they're not really paying attention to who's got what wristband, you can probably walk in. I can give you know give you a look at the place. Take like ten minutes, no big deal. Hell yeah, let's go, bro. We walk in there. Of course, no one's paying attention. It's a Saturday night, and we walk by, and it might have been it was Spin or maybe it was even MTV. It was somebody doing an interview. I don't know if it was live, but it was professionally being done in the corner with Run the Jewels, the Killer Mike guy, and the white dude. And this rap group, and this these guys are ten years younger than me, and they they're like, oh my god, god uh, uh, like losing their bleep, and like it's run the jewels, and I'm like, who the bleep is run the jewels? <laughs> okay, I had seen the fat guy, big fat black guy walk around earlier. It's hard to miss. He's huge. He weighs like three hundred pounds, and uh, I was, yeah, I was like, he's been in here all weekend. So whatever. There's my story. So I'm watching different outlets talk about everything unfolding, and obviously Atlanta was a mess on Friday and Saturday, and I I do think that much of that was just opportunistic thugs and pieces of bleep that were coming in to just create crime and create havoc. There was plenty of people protesting peacefully and the way that uh, we all find acceptable, and then there was plenty of people who were uh, making a point to come in and crash that party quite literally and with killer mike being a atlanta native i actually thought this was a good move to have him speaking to people that can identify with him and hopefully get them to chill the f out i've got six cuts here then we'll wrap it up he's talking about members of his family going back to to his childhood that were uh, law enforcement in the early days especially in the most racist times of the south and atlanta georgia so I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize organize and mobilize i was being flippant about his lyrics and the, the way that the music is presented and how of course how could of course that's a a great message for young black youth or white youth for that matter but it is a very good strategy in the middle of this kind of crisis to have somebody come out and spend it was a solid eight minutes being very forceful and very uh, a matter of fact and very to the point hey we stop We've got, to, you know, it's one thing for the mayor to say that. It's one thing for the police chiefs to say that. But it's another thing for your potential, you know, idol who is a uh, a, a, a celebrity for many of these people. He talks about what, uh, what it is time for now. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were. And we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee 
on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. And he does a really good job. He's trying to make sure everybody, especially his his peer group, his contemporaries, understand that he gets the uh, the gravity of this, the heavy nature of this. But also, hey, come on, let's get together. Let's get real. He uh, goes on to talk about uh, his message to uh, CNN, which he is, I believe, taping this, and it was being recorded and filmed just down the road from there. Where is it? There it is right there. CNN, Ted did a great thing. I love CNN. I love Cartoon Network. But I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful. Give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. I'm glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa- a son from a mother like the policeman did. I think that's uh, a really good uh, look right there while he's being primarily uh, initially broadcast on CNN. Uh, his message here to protesters and to everybody overall, especially those that are potentially committing crimes and damaging property, looting, and the, the ones that make everything look the worst, here's uh, Killer Mike's message. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your census so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. I don't know whose idea it was for him to talk about the uh, census. I have a feeling that might not have been an original thought. I don't mean to demean or act like that's not something that Killer Mike was thinking about, but I have a feeling that might have been slipped in there. On his notes, he continues more on civic duty. I only have two more clips here, and we'll wrap up the show on the Stone on Air podcast. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail, and you know it was bullshit. Put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that proves marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. I love and I respect you. I hate I don't have more to say. I hate I can't fix it in a snap. I hate Atlanta's not perfect for as good as we are. But we have to be better than this moment. We have to be better than burning down our own homes. And the final cut from uh, Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. He talks about the need for all local levels of government, uh, mayors and governors, city council, uh, county commissioners, and uh, police departments working together, better training of the police force, policies, programs, and all of those sorts of things. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need a dumbass president repeating what segregationists said. We start looting, we start shooting. But the problem is some officers black, and some people going to shoot back. And that's not good for our community either. I love and respect you all. I hope that we find a way out of it, because I don't have the answers, but I do know we must plot we must plan, we must strategize, 
organized and mobilized. I thought that was a really uh, good overall strategy and approach to trying to get somebody to listen who can who, who's got their cell phone. We all got the smartphones, the poorest of the poorest, the downtrodden, the downtrodden, still generally speaking, probably have a cell phone, a smartphone, and they're looking at Killer Mike telling them, stop it, man, stop it. I think that's a um, that's a great approach, and I think it worked. I feel like it worked. I don't have any exact evidence to speak to that, but I think that it did. And I, there's so much left out here on the cutting room floor I could have got to today. Um, I'm going to wrap this up right now on the way out the door. The classic version of uh, For What It's Worth from the Buffalo Springfield Band. I want to think this song was released in 68. It might have been 69. Nah, it's probably 68 because Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young became a band in the summer of 69. So it was probably earlier. Well, it's definitely earlier than that. And it's the uh, it's it's the only song anybody knows by the band Buffalo Springfield with Stephen Stills, Richie Ferrey, and Neil Young. They are fantastic. They took what the Beatles did and created their own Southern California version of it. And um, it's the perfect protest song. Maybe that unfortunate son from CCR, and maybe throwing all along the Watchtower. <sighs> There's so many good ones in the '60s, but we'll leave it at those three right now. Perfect protest songs, and uh, protesting is just as much a part of the fabric of this country as the you know ha- bearing arms. Hey, you ain't gonna take my guns. We ain't gonna take. Or goddamn protest either. So I don't care how out of line they get, whether it's the 60s or the 1860s or the 19 early 90s, 1992, or whether it's right now in the most effed up year of my adult life, 2020. One of the notes I had to myself was, uh, these are crazy times to be alive, right? I got a feeling... Every single generation in the 240-plus-year history of this country has said the exact same thing. I love you to death. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I will talk to you again soon. Next week, June 10th, the Stone On Air podcast is now over. Step out of line, the man come and take you away, away. We better stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going, we better stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going, we better stop, now, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going, we better stop.